Welcome to Too Old for TikTok, the podcast where two 30-year-olds guide you through the latest trends, creators, and stories from the TikTok universe. I'm Melissa Rosen. And I'm Dina Greenbaum. Somebody come get them. They're too old for TikTok. Somebody come get them. They're too old for TikTok. Hi, Dina. Hi, Melissa. I'm so happy it is inauguration week and we have a new president and I feel a sense of joy and we have a great episode. It's the perfect week to talk about political TikTok with one of my favorite TikTok creators, Rin Starr. Yes, we. I think we mentioned Rin on our very first episode. We highlighted we her as one of our favorite creators. So it's crazy. Yeah, and I, I say later on in the interview too, like Rin is... One of the reasons I got really into TikTok after realizing that you can learn a lot on here. There are some really smart people educating others on TikTok and engaging with audience and, and their followers. And like, yeah, Rin just is in like a class of her own as far as TikTok stars. So I'm really, really happy we got to talk to her. Yeah, I can't believe we're already up to episode 30, and we're really lucky that episode 30 is with Rin on such a historic week in our country. Have you seen that picture that's gone viral of Bernie Sanders just like sitting in in an oversized coat on a folding chair? Yeah, I mean, if I didn't see it, I'd be living under a rock. I have seen it. They have put Bernie in a lot of New York places. They've put him in the Real Housewives set. They've put him everywhere in that in those mittens and that coat. Apparently, you know, he's gonna go to the post office. That meme is one of the great things to come out of this inauguration for sure. <laughs> that yeah, I'm literally looking at him just like sitting on the subway in that mm-hmm. position and it it fits so perfectly on the subway like i feel like i've been sitting i've sat across from that man on the subway so many times yeah you're right i feel like devin rodriguez who we talked about who draws people on tiktok on the subway needs to draw him it would be like the perfect the perfect oh sketch God, yes 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 i i feel like that picture of bernie just it encapsulates bernie so perfectly. Oh. It does. Some other stars of the inauguration, Amanda Gorman with that amazing poem. I mean, for a 22-year-old, but we say we're too old for, for TikTok. I mean, you know, she, as a 22-year-old, can you imagine do, being that talented and doing that? <laughs> I cannot imagine myself ever being that talented, no. She... No. Absolutely blew me away. Um, oh, God. I like, uh, I have felt so hopeless these past few years. And seeing her speak, really seeing like everybody that was there and just the diversity and the smiles and the joy and just like the humanity that they all showed was. Dare I say, it made me a little hopeful. I hope I don't have to eat those words, but I'm very hopeful right now. I agree. The last person I want to point out as the star of the inauguration is Al Roker, because he was standing outside for three hours 
when Joe Biden got out of his car, he was screaming, come to hell or high water, he was going to get a fist bump with President Biden. And he did. And it he uh, did that in 2013, too. So there, I did like a little comparison video of 2013 and 2021, Al Roker and Joe Biden, and it made me very happy. Did you put that on TikTok? Yeah, it's on TikTok. Oh my gosh, how's it doing? It's good. It's got, it's, it's going, it might be on its way, dare I say, to be a viral video. We shall see. Is it anywhere near your Real Housewives of Salt Lake City bathtub splatter tiktok <laughs> not not yet that one uh that one really took off so we'll, we'll see we'll give the algorithm a little more time dean has been a bit unhinged you've been saying on tiktok but it's working <laughs> for you <laughs> the world is unhinged i'm just following suit <laughs> well let's get to our interview with rin Yeah, and as always, if you guys enjoy the podcast, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us. Written reviews mean so much to us and really help other people find our podcast. So please go ahead and leave one if you haven't already. We'll be posting all the creators that Rin mentions. She talks about some some great other creators that you'll want to keep an eye out for. Um, We'll add their accounts to our blog. We'll do a blog post for this episode. Um, We also always post on Instagram. So be sure to follow us on both. One is tooldfortiktok.com, number two, number four. And our Instagram is tooldfortiktokpod, also number two, number four. And let's get to it. Erin Chambers is an educational consultant, elementary school teacher, and content creator with over 600,000 followers on TikTok. Her interests include history, linguistics, social justice, and the arts. She currently resides in North Carolina with her cat daughter, Sophie. Welcome to Too Old for TikTok, Rin. Hello. Hello. So we wanted to start off by saying that we started this podcast so we could talk to creators like you. And we mentioned you on our first episode back in July as one of our favorite creators because your content is educational, entertaining, and informative. And back then, your TikTok bio was Linguistics, History, Positivity, BLM, and you had over 300,000 followers. So (laughs) fast forward to now, it's January 2021, and you have over 600,000 followers, and your bio reads Certified Angry Black Women. (laughs) So we want to know all about your TikTok journey. So please tell us how you got started and where you are at now. Okay. Well, honestly, like my TikTok journey was uh, a roller coaster of a sort, honestly, because I, so technically I had, like I had TikTok back when it was Musical.ly and I used it, you know, I mostly just used it to watch Musical.ly's. I made a couple, but you know, nothing serious. I certainly didn't get on there thinking, oh, I'm going to be famous on here. Um, And then starting like at the beginning of 2020, I started becoming more active on TikTok just because uh tiktok had become more popular and more creators were on there and stuff like that and i you know found people i enjoyed following so i followed and i would get on there and make a couple skits here and there and stuff again i think i had 20 followers you know it wasn't like oh i've got a bunch of i've got an audience here i was mostly just there to watch um and but other things that happened that year is that you know i started becoming more involved with the black lives matter movement started um because honestly like 
so I was raised pretty conservative and I had been brought up and I had was pretty actively active in conservative circles for a while, actually. And, um, you know, I was one of those black conservatives. <laughs> and, um, and so uh, but but with the pandemic and everything, just a lot of stuff was happening. And with that, uh, with the George Floyd situation, with the Breonna Taylor situation, all of that kind of stuff started compounding this year. And so I began to look more into uh, the movement and leftism and everything. And I gradually but also sort of very quickly uh became you know more to the left and um i when i had more of a circle you know that was in that area and i also learned a lot more about like different ideologies and cultures and stuff because of the people i was following on tiktok and so through that i became more active i made more videos and i started especially i was making linguistics videos just because that's always been a hobby of mine it's something I'm, i enjoy and um the some of those started to go viral particularly the first blackout which i think happened in like april um i think i had maybe eight thousand followers at that point and which was pretty impressive because i think i had one or two videos that, that had gone viral at that point and so i started you know posting for the blackout and my follower count surged like I had 10,000 followers by the end of that week um and then before I knew it, it was 50,000 and 100,000 then 250,000 and then now it's 610,000 and it's just insane because it's like what like this is not like it's not something I planned it's not something I expected I mean who expects that like this summer I skyrocketed in followers I started getting um interviews with you know major news outlets i started uh you know top celebrities were dming me i was like what is happening <laughs> like one of my videos got like uh got shared on twitter by aoc and i'm like if you told me a year ago that aoc would be sharing one of my stupid videos i would have laughed in your face like i was just like like i, I it was nuts and so um yeah like with a couple of the songs that went particularly viral like the black neighborhood song that went really viral um which again did not expect that at all. I was stunned when it got like a million views. I was like, what is happening? And then, you know, it was all very accidental, but it's been a big blessing. You know, a lot of great things have come out of it and I've met a lot of good people and uh, a lot of just cool stuff has happened, but it's just, it was a roller coaster like that basically started halfway through last year. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Yeah, I feel so I joined like most millennials during quarantine earlier last year and you were one of the first accounts I stumbled upon that I was like, "Oh, I can learn on TikTok." Like, you know, there's this stigma that it's just a bunch of teenagers dancing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you were really one of the first accounts where, "Oh my gosh, the way you were explaining things and talking about things." And it's so interesting to hear you say that you were learning from other TikTokers too. Mm -hmm. you're, oh, like, you're like the account I point to when I'm like, there's some great like educational content on there. Um, so one of the things I love that you do really well is responding to comments. That was like what hooked me to your content originally because I kept being like, okay, scrolling through the comments and then I'm thinking like, which one is she going to respond to? Like, I'm <laughs> like, yeah, I want to hear the response. What motivates you to keep responding? And especially a lot, of, sometimes the comments are... I don't know. Trash. Not the most <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, honestly, well, part of it, and I, 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 I realized this a long time ago about myself. I'm a petty bitch. Like I, I do not. I mean, you could ask my parents. You know, growing up, the thing I would get in trouble for the most is talking back, or just like you always have to get the last word. Like if I could had a dime for every time my mom's like, you always want to get the last word. Yes, I do. And it's, like this morning, <laughs> this afternoon, for example, I, I spent like 30 minutes going back and forth with someone in the comments. I wasn't making videos because I was at work. 
but I was commenting just on the thing, just trolling this person because they kept commenting on my videos and saying that they didn't like me, but they kept commenting on my videos. So I'm like, oh, I guess you're a big fan. And like, I'm not a fan. You suck. Well, you're, this is fan behavior. And I just started giving them like uh, baking tips. I was like, the fitness grand pacer test is a multi-stage. <laughs> like, I was just texting random crap just because I was determined to have the last word with this person. But uh, on a more serious note, I think what like motivates me, like sometimes people ask genuine questions or ask me to expand on something. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good question. Or that gives me a chance to think a little deeper about something or explain it a little deeper. Because, you know, TikTok, it's one minute videos. So there's obviously a limitation to any kind of topic that you're going to talk about. And you're not going to be able to apply as much apply as much nuance as you might want to. So a lot of times people ask clarifying questions, you know, out of genuine curiosity. And I like to answer those questions to help both them and anybody else who might be curious. And even when I answer some of the more obnoxious questions, it's because, you know, sometimes I do want to respond to it, even though I know it's probably not for their benefit, but for the benefit of others who might be seeing that and either agree or think that they might have a point or whatever. And then I'm saying, okay, well, this is why that's wrong or this is why this is not the, the mentality to have. So I do it if it's just a troll comment, I do it uh, for the benefit of others. And if it's, well, I guess either way, I do it for the benefit of others for the most part, just so they can see what's going on and then they can see what they can learn from. For, for better or for worse. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's such an interesting... And it's something that I think TikTok really uniquely does. Where, like, typically, like, you know, people aren't, like, in the comments of Instagram looking at, like, what the conversations yeah. are. So... And you're right to think that because, you know, I'm engaging with your response to a, con- to, to a comment, you know? But I'm not part of that conversation necessarily. So I, it, it's really cool to think about all the different ways viewers are interacting, even if they're not, like talking to you or commenting directly. Mm. So I wanted to hear more. You mentioned um, your the first sort of viral video that went crazy was when Ben Platt um, put your, your TikTok about over-policing in black neighborhoods, put that on his Instagram. It mm-hmm. went crazy. Black neighborhoods are over-policed, so of course they have higher rates of crime. And white perpetrators are undercharged, so of course they have lower rates of crime. And all of those stupid stats you keep using are operating off a small sample size. So shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Walk us through what happened in that moment for you. Uh, Again, what like okay so like again i like so i made that video everyone wants to ask me because that's the i got a couple videos that were somewhat popular before that but that's definitely the first one that went like mega viral and a lot of people um you know asked me about that that's the one number one thing well how what inspired you to make that song or what happened with that and i always thought it was like literally i so i watched this video of this like mathematician online kind who i is a mutual of mine um who was just talking about how people like misrepresented statistics to make it seem like black people were inherently violent or that black neighborhoods were inherently more dangerous whatever and um i you know i was just sort of inspired by that and i just kind of you know like off the top of my head because i've you know i've got a music background i studied music in school so i you know, have a lot of, me- I just can come up with the melody pretty easily. And just off the top of my head, it was just kind of diddying, like, oh yeah, black neighbors are over police, whatever. And I, so I did that on my porch and then went on about my day. Didn't think much of it. And I checked back and it was that several thousand views. And I was like, whoa, this is going bigger than I thought it would. And like I said, by the next day or two, I realized it, it was going super duper viral. And people were like, my friends were sending me messages like, hey, did you know you're on so-and-so's Instagram? Or did you, I saw you. And like I said, at some point, 
I saw that Ben, or I, I guess it shows up in your DMs on Instagram when you get tagged in something. I saw that Ben Platt had put me on his Instagram. And I was like, Ben freaking Platt? What? <laughs> and, um, and then that actually led to another cool in- encounter because, so Ben's friend, Binge Pasek, who's of Pasek and Paul, who's a writing team that, you know, they did uh, The Greatest Showman. They did, uh, I think they did it, Dear Evan Hansen? I believe yeah, so. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, and so, yeah, so that, you know, and uh, so, and he, of course, is friends with Ben. And so he also shared it. And then he specifically, Ben Pasek, reached out to me and was like, um, hey, I think you're so cool. And what would you like to, like, do a takeover on my um Instagram one day and like you know talk about whatever you want to talk about and so I ended up taking over Binge Pasek's Instagram for a day and talking about black people in theater um and that got me noticed by people like Cynthia Erivo which again (laughs) and so like she literally shouted me out on her like personal story she's like you should go check out Rinster I was like ah I can't believe (laughs) Cynthia Erivo is telling people to check me out (laughs) and so yeah I'm like I would get like said so she's she we're mutuals on Instagram now along with like Jonathan Van Ness who messaged me and was like hey I show your videos to my dad and help him understand like social concepts you're really great I was just like what is happening <laughs> like why are these people just like just blue check marks like what again I never would have thought that that was gonna happen ever like Sarah Silverman Sarah shared one of my videos on on Twitter uh the other day I was just like okay <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, I love that. That really shows the power of TikTok and a 60 second video. Well, you know, what can happen to, you know, basically, I don't know, would you say it like changed your life or kind of? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, there's no denying that because again, I like the opportunities that it's given me and some of the benefits and the connections and, you know, I'm friends with Hank Green now. You know, like, things like that that I never ever would have thought were, were going to happen. So yeah, there's no question that it changed my life. Yeah, what was the AOC video that she shared? It was the Black Neighborhoods one. It she had like she had like liked it. Um, it was on her Twitter likes or whatever, and then somebody else had shared it or sent it to me. I was like, ah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's great. Um, um, so and part of, and I have to. Oh, sorry, I have to shout out that um, part of the reason that song did go viral is because my friend Alex uh, harmonized it. So he, cause he has a music channel on TikTok and he did that four part like barbershop harmony for it. And that's the video that really went viral. Like my original one went pretty viral as well, but the, the harmony one I think went even bigger. And uh, that's the one that most people ended up noticing. Yeah, I love the, uh, an acapella group ended up doing it too. I mean, there's so many iterations of it now. It's, it's great. So you had a video about being shadow banned this summer and there are allegations uh, that the TikTok algorithm suppresses black creators. And there was a Variety article from June that said TikTok blames technical glitch for suppressing view counts on hashtag Black Lives Matter, hashtag George Floyd videos. So now six months later, TikTok just launched a program to support black creators. It's called the TikTok for Black Creatives. So it's a three month initiative that will focus on helping 100 black creators and music artists to develop their talent and it'll help open doors hopefully um, to reach new heights in their career so do you think tiktok is doing enough and what are your your thoughts on that well i think that to a degree they're trying um you know it depends on you know obviously tiktok started as a chinese app so like there's a whole host of issues with that and then it comes to like but obviously they have an American branch now and they moved most of their operating to the United States as part of the deal with Trump and whatever. So um, I think that like before they were super tone deaf just because they were really um, not connected to like what was going on. 
But um, I do think that some of the people in, in, up there in charge are really trying, like are genuine about wanting to uh, make things better. Um, but I also think that, yeah, they got a lot of work to do. I think that it happens to be an issue of just, well, it, it's, brought, it's bigger than TikTok, basically. Like, there are so many algorithms. Like, people are always like, oh, well, algorithm or computer or whatever can't be racist. Like, yeah, it absolutely can, depending right. on who's programming it. So there are a lot of things that have a negative impact on ca- uh, creators of color that, do- that the same impact does not happen for white people just because of the way it's programmed, even if it wasn't, like, consciously programmed that way. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just as an example, this is not really related to TikTok at all, but I was reading an article recently about how the pulse oximeters, which, of course, are big right now because of COVID, um, the ones that you put on your finger and they to see what your blood oxygen, uh, it's creating a problem because they're designed to work on light colored skin and they often give false readings to dark colored skin, which means that it might falsely say that a black person's oxygen is fine when in fact it's very low. Um, and so that can obviously create some serious far reaching issues as far as, um, you know, how the treatment of COVID happens and whether or not you realize how serious somebody could be ill. Um, and I, you know, that's just one of many examples of things that was just like, I'm sure nobody who designed the post oximeter was like, I'm going to make it not work on black people, but like, because they didn't take that into account, it had a different effect. And I think that with a lot of the algorithmic things with TikTok, it's the same way. They just, you know, if something gets a lot of negative interaction or if there's a lot of trolls on it or whatever, like, I think the biggest issue is the extremely inconsistent way that they apply, um, like, uh, bans or takedowns for hate speech. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I cannot tell you how many times that I or a black mutual of mine has made a video calling out hate speech and their video got muted or taken down and the original video didn't. Like it's happened a lot. And um, like there was a point there where I was getting every other video taken down randomly. And I know several people have had it even worse where they've had so many videos taken down or muted. They've like duetted a video or like stitched a video of a creator saying the N word to point out that they were saying it and their video got taken down and the original one didn't. And it's just like, what? Like, I, and I think that there's probably, I mean, again, I don't know how the algorithm works, but I suspect that if there's a lot of strikes or things happen a lot on an account, then that account is more likely to be like uh, targeted, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, like automatically they, you know, because I don't think it's a human doing, I think it's robots. And I think that they, if, for instance, if a bunch of trolls are like reporting your video, even though you're not doing anything wrong, then TikTok is more likely to target your video as opposed to someone else's because that, that person's not getting as reported. Right. Did you ever reach out to TikTok with when a video got taken down? Or like have any human interaction with them or you kind of just throw it up to the algorithm and kind of wait? Uh, Yeah, I have. Yeah, I've definitely appealed a couple of videos Mm -hmm. and I've definitely had to appeal a couple of videos and reached out. And, you know, usually I can get it corrected um, Mm -hmm. if like if I'm in and I have a few contacts where I can sort of contact people at TikTok. So um, it's not as bad as it was, like not as many obvious things have happened. And those that were I was usually able to get corrected. But you know, thankfully I have some clout now because before it was not like a thing (laughs) and a lot of smaller creators can't do that. Right. Where's your blue check mark? Do you, I don't think you have one yet. That's the question. That's the question I would like to know the answer to. (laughs) Um, uh, Like, honestly, and I have reached out to them about that and I haven't really gotten a response. I I need to, to uh, revisit that Um, because yeah, I mean, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I feel like I deserve it. (laughs) I think we both agree as well. And um, on your TikTok bio, you have a link tree that has amazing resources. So everyone should check that out. And they span from Etsy featured black creators to podcasts about race to your own podcasts. 
um, and to your Among Us Discord. So <laughs> t- tell us more about you know, kind of using TikTok as a resource for to help people. So I think that TikTok is really great as a springboard resource because you can get like I said, it's one minute video. So you get a very simple, quick, you know, taste of information. And if you want to learn more, you can pursue that. Um, and I think that that's really helpful because, you know, let's face it, this generation is very sh- has a very short attention span. I know for me, like, I- I've got nothing of an attention span anymore. I can't even watch a video that's like an hour. I mean, I can, depending on what it is. But like, it's just like, I'm, I- if sometimes even a 60 second TikTok, I'm like, okay, get to the point. And, yeah. so, <laughs> and so I do think that, um, it's an issue of just like people wanting to, um, you know, get a general idea of something. And if they're really interested, they can follow up on it. And that's where we get into the follow up questions, which I respond to sometimes or directing people towards resources where they can get sort of a better idea. My favorite feature, I think, is how I can link uh, Wikipedia articles, mm-hmm. um, because that is like a really useful feature for if I'm talking about a concept, but then I can link it so that if, it, if people want to learn more, all they have to do is click the link and they go to the Wikipedia article. Um, and uh, I think that that's an, an incredibly helpful feature. I hope that they eventually extend it to being able to include other links. Yeah, I love that. Have you worked with any like brands or sponsorships? Like, um, do you have plans to sort of monetize your content? Uh, I have worked with a few. Um, I've worked with a couple, I mean, you know, Every TikToker has to have the coldest water bottle, right? <laughs> um, so I got that. And then um, I've done like a few brands have reached out to me, like uh, Matt Cosmetics sent me hella makeup uh, a little while ago because I wear makeup all the time. Like these, they send me like 30 lipsticks. And, um, and so um, because I wear, you know, makeup all the time in my uh, uh, videos. And I've also gotten some stuff from NYX Cosmetics. Um, and there have been a couple. So it hasn't been like, widespread yet but here and there there have been some some brand outreaches and yes i would like to at some point uh you know if the time and everything allows to be able to do a little bit more of that monetization because hey uh the bills ain't paying themselves and though i have a job it's never a bad thing to have a little extra money <laughs> yeah. and it's so interesting i think it, the, as we continue talking to tiktok creators like you guys are our celebrities at this point like i pay more attention to what you're doing than the Kardashians. And oh so yeah. It's like, I, I want you guys to be able yeah. to, to profit off of this and to, you know, someone said that about your day job all the time. Yeah. Someone said that, um, like their way, like, and I totally agree. It's like, I'm way more impressed with random people on TikTok than I am with celebrities. Cause a lot of celebrities have TikToks now because their management people told them to get one, but I don't yeah. care what like, I mean, no offense, but I don't really care what Miley Cyrus is doing on TikTok. Like, I want to see random people that don't have millions of dollars and what they can come up with. Absolutely. And we, you could tell when the celebrities started joining because I feel like it was their managers said, like, hey, you can't miss out on this. There was yeah. a backlash against it. Like, Gen Z yeah. didn't want that. And, you, you know, and some celebrities do it better than others. For example, yes. Rosie O'Donnell, we did like a whole podcast oh, episode about her. Oh, I did her. not know that Rosie O'Donnell was on TikTok. I have to check that out. <laughs> and it's, it's very clearly her because if you look at her first videos, she's trying to learn how to use TikTok in her videos, which is just hilarious <laughs> in itself. Um, and then Frankie Jonas, too, is another Oh, example. I have noticed that. <laughs> yeah. The forgotten Jonas brother. Yeah, but the bonus Jonas brother. The bonus yeah. Jonas. Fun fact, uh, the Jonas Brothers' parents, they own a restaurant in my town, right the next town over. And so I've been there before, and they have, like, a little shrine to the Jonas Brothers in there. And that one time, obviously, I wasn't in there at the time, but they had, the restaurant was shut down because I think it was Nick. Nick and... Uh, 
his wife, whose name escapes me, were having their uh, wedding reception at the restaurant. So it was close to the public. <laughs> wow, no way. That's so cool. Yeah. Have you been recognized in public? A handful of times, yes. Thankfully, not super often, because it's always weird when it happens. Uh, but the funniest one, when I was in D.C. back in the summertime, I was doing the March on Washington, uh, which was kind of converted into a Black Lives Matter march. And uh, some one of the people who was admitting was like, are you on TikTok? And I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> and I had a mask on, too. So I was like, whoa. <laughs> so we always sort of wrap up this section asking, what does your For You page look like? What type of content do you like to watch on TikTok? Oh, my gosh. It's all over the place. I have, like, I have a handful of celebrities that I follow. I have... Um, Lots of comedians, just lots of funny videos. Because, I mean, I sometimes I just want to laugh. Like, it's probably a pretty even mix of funny and, like, political. Like, it's like there are lots of people who talk, uh, and media. So lots of, like, you know, current events TikTok, humor TikTok, and media conversation TikTok. Like, a lot of my mutuals are film majors or that kind of thing, and they talk a lot about media. And so I follow a lot of that with some linguistics TikTok in there as well. Um, and some... Yeah, music. There's a couple some classical music ones. So yeah, it's as varied as my interests are. <laughs> That's the cool thing. I feel like we've all learned how varied our interests are by looking at our for you page. Like, there's a lot oh, of yeah. crazy stuff, and it's a good thing. We should have. Just, yeah, like, many I mean, I've literally yeah. learned more in the last ten months on TikTok than I have in twelve years of school or anything else. Like, I just I never knew so much of the stuff that I learned on TikTok. <laughs> Um, all right, so we'll get into discussing a side of TikTok. We do this every week. So we thought political TikTok would be good to talk to you about. So we sort of wanted to hear as somebody who's definitely like in the political scene on TikTok, you're commenting on stuff, sometimes reporting on stuff. Um, how would you describe the way that politics are discussed on TikTok? <laughs> um, it depends on who you're following, of course, and it depends on just the approach that they take like there are obviously more balance and nuance to creators that just kind of get the facts or they give their opinions but in a you know in a balanced fair way and then there are people who are highly partisan and there are the hype houses of course the republican hype house and the democratic hype house and like there's a lot of feuding and stuff that happens between that which i am not interested in that's one thing i i'm not interested in is like beefing and debates with conservative tiktokers like i might like reply to a video or something but like I have mutuals who will like go on their Instagram and get into debates and stuff. I just I, I do not like I said, I used to have a conservative political blog and I used to debate with people all the time just like on Tumblr or whatever. And um I burnt out on that. It's just not that fun. And I don't like to do it's like, you know, okay, I, we you know, I can say my piece and you can say yours as long as we can be respectful, but I'm not interested in going to your platform with all of your followers and talking. It's like no one's gonna win that because if you're gonna say that you want you know, it's just like what who cares? And so I'm not particularly interested in uh like political debate TikTok, more just like honestly, I don't even consider myself super political. Like I'm I, I think I've sort of been lumped in there, uh, just because of the videos that I make and a lot of but a lot of I mean so much of what I was talking about is just basic human rights and that of course is political in our culture and so it's just like it quickly became an issue of oh and then politics and then people would come in with all kinds of crazy stuff and I'd have to set them straight and then they'd be you know so much of it racism related stuff which of course gets lumped in with politics you know I don't spend a ton of time talking about like just like oh what is Hillary doing that right now who cares but I will say that you know when it comes to certain things like obviously Trump issues or recently I was railing because uh, a bunch of freaking neolibs were trying to come after people who were more 
progressive don't you believe it's your fault that like we don't have outreach and i just i really hate like the party system and i hate Mm -hmm. democrats like not as much as republicans but still i don't like them that much and so um so yeah i'm always like beefing with that kind of thing but i try to stay away from that for the most part because like i said it gets very toxic very quickly and i enjoy more just like informative stuff what do you think makes TikTok different from other social platforms like Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook with regards to like, the political discussion? I think maybe that it's a face-to-face thing or that like you record your face, you know, in usually in TikTok, uh, which I think removes some of the anonymity that mm-hmm. comes with something like Twitter or Tumblr or to a lesser degree Facebook, although you can make a burner account. Um, but um I think that that's definitely a big part of it is that um, because it's more personal, you are hopefully less inclined to say something really out of pocket because, you know, people can save it or screen record it and it'll be there forever. And um, um, and your face is directly associated with that as opposed to just a blog post or something like that. Um, and uh, I, I do think that that is something that makes a difference. And I think it also hopefully helps you empathize with people more like if you're actually seeing someone Mm -hmm. and hearing what they have to say instead of just this this person is you know a a profile picture somewhere and i I don't know that they're really a person you know um i think that that does make a difference yeah it's that's a great point i think one of the things that i've loved and like you're saying you know we call it politics in this this country i don't know around the world i guess but it's really not it's human rights and i think what's been really interesting for me on TikTok is that, you know, I'm not Instagram, Facebook, all these other platforms, I'm specifically following people I chose to follow. So it's like, yeah, you're in your your little bubble that you've created. Mm-hmm. What I like, what, what made a huge difference for me with TikTok, especially in light of this past year, where I think everybody was sort of like awakened to human rights, like injustices happening in our own backyard. I was able to see it through people's own eyes and just hearing firsthand accounts like empathizing with somebody who I wouldn't have otherwise known like there's there's real power in that like authenticity that TikTok creates that I never experienced on other social platforms yeah I completely agree I think that that's a huge part of it um and that you know like I said there's there's just more of a personal connection like I said I, I learned more about like other cultures and stuff like that like Native American culture for example yeah. learned so much about that um that I had no idea because I we sure didn't get taught it in the school like, <laughs> like other than uh once upon a time we had dinner with a couple of Native Americans and that was that and like that's, that's all we got uh, like a Pocahontas uh, movie and that's all you got got, got nothing so I mean it's just like learning so much about, oh wow this is a living and vibrant culture and this is like with practices and there's a lot going on these are people like actual people they're not like a historical breed that has long since died out you know they're, they're people who live today and do their thing and um and that's been really cool yeah what I love also about when you video to comments to answer comments it's sort of like disarming any like trolls if you will or you said trash comments because when you do that you don't give the person you know the chance to hide you know there you're you Put left this comment yeah. right you're here <laughs> we're gonna yeah we're gonna yeah. respond to it and that's the great thing that TikTok enables by doing the video responses and it's a great way to to educate people 
Yeah, and it's always interesting to see how they respond because sometimes right. they realize their mistake and they back off. Sometimes they backpedal. Sometimes they just disappear. They I, like their response <laughs> yeah. is either one of the three: either they double down, yeah. or they say, "Whoa, I'm sorry. I, you know, you have a good point," or they block me. Like that's it. Like yesterday, I had a surprising experience that actually went way better than I expected, where somebody tried to come at me sideways on a video where I was talking about um another senseless police killing and uh this person came from a completely different video and was like uh one of the white protesters at the capitol got arrested i guess he didn't have white privilege on i'm like huh <laughs> like what does that have to do with anything first of all and secondly like that doesn't mean that they don't have white privilege what the crap are you talking the privileges that they got in there in the first place and that they left without getting shot and then they were arrested without getting shot and so i responded to that i'm like you know this is really not cool because first of all like you think you're getting me when you're not because your point is really stupid but also you left this on a video of like someone who's senselessly dying at the hands of police like it's so like read the room like it's so insensitive and they actually came back like you know what you're i'm you're right i'm sorry i didn't even know what the video was about i uh just kind of wanted to get you and i just didn't even pay attention and i shouldn't have done that and i was ignorant and they deleted the comment i was like whoa oh, that's such a win i love <laughs> yeah. that yeah. i love that that's amazing <laughs> Is there other examples of that, that you could share or or the opposite ones? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure that there are like I have to think about it. But like, yeah, I mean, there's been a couple of times where like somebody has said something and, you know, I'll respond to it. Uh, and that, a lot of people are like, oh, you're so pay you're, you're way too nice, which sometimes I'm not nice. But uh, sometimes somebody will come at me and I can kind of tell either they're really young or they just mm. don't quite get it yet. And so I'm not always as snarky as I might be because sometimes I'm like, like some people are like, oh, how do you be, what is what privilege? And I'm just like, okay, if this person could be like 13 years old, I'm not going to yeah. yell at them. We're just going <laughs> to break it down real simple. And then if they still want to be disrespectful, then they get blocked. But like, you know, we're going to give you a like I'm very big on giving people a, unless they just are extremely disrespectful right out the gate I'm very big on giving people a chance like maybe you didn't mean that to come out the way it did I'm gonna give you one more shot to try and come correct otherwise no <laughs> yeah. I, I love in a recent video you said you know your TikTok is a safe space and I think that's why you're successful on TikTok is because people come to your page or see your videos and you automatically know what you're getting and that it is a safe space so even when people are commenting crazy things you're going to deal with it in a, an appropriate way so, <laughs> now that was the, that video that i made was in response to the one of the first comments i saw this morning which first of all again people leaving these out-of-pocket comments on totally unrelated videos like i made so i don't know if you've <laughs> been following but i've been writing a crack fic about tucker carlson oh like read an excerpt from it or whatever and then I and I in the in the story in the story that I'm writing I just randomly I, I wanted to put some other characters in there so I put Jack, Jake Tapper in there and I just made Jake Tapper make like kind of an insensitive joke uh, to, <laughs> to Don Lemon and then in the comments I was just like hey Jake Tapper you're probably a cool guy uh, I didn't mean to say that you're like a microaggressor although you are white so you know you might be and then the person was like you're such a bigot why do you assume the I'm like bruh I do not have time for this <laughs> Why are you being racist against white people? Like, no, I can't. No. <laughs> Can you can you explain those videos what you're doing? Because I think if any of our listeners don't know what they are, like it's it's so yeah, good. okay yeah. okay okay. So the you want like the videos about the crack thick? Yes. Or like what, how that came about? Okay, so yeah. a couple days ago, um, so lately CNN and Fox News have been beefing 
a little bit, um, you know, as one does. They're both, you know, they're both kind of their biggest rivals. They're both in New York. They be beefing. And so um, one of the things that, like, so recently Don Lemon made this, because, you know, he's got kind of a commentary show, and he made this video where he was making fun of some conservative, I don't remember who it was, who said something about how, like, manly, uh, or how Trump was the manliest president we've ever had or something like that. And uh, and um, Don Lemon was like, are you kidding me? Like, he's such a sensitive baby. Like, who's the snowflake now? Like, you, we're doing all this stuff to coddle this man's feelings. Like, he's ridiculous. You know, like, shut up with that. And he was just, like, making fun of it. And so then Tucker Carlson, I guess, decided he needed to give his two cents because, of course, he did. So over on Fox, he was like, yeah, well, everyone's really masculine over at CNN. And he started, like, weirdly describing like Chris Cuomo's workout routine complete with b-roll of Chris Cuomo working out I don't even know where he got that it was just like videos of like Chris Cuomo like carrying these giant weights and like doing chin-ups and I'm like Tucker why do you have these videos where did they even who recorded this and he's showing up and he's like muscular slowly to the veins pump just a very weird description and then with uh with and then with Don Lemon he was like oh and but in the spirit of you know unity and like repairing the argument we're having or whatever i just want to say that uh don lemon is a heaping hunk of a man i have nothing wrong i have no no problem saying that i think he thought he was being sarcastic but it just didn't come off that way at all i was like what is the point i don't think you're owning don here i think you're telling on yourself like i don't know why you thought that that would somehow embarrass him like you're over here calling him a heaping hunk of what are you talking about and so and so I was joking about like between that and the and the Chris Cuomo video where he was almost slowly lifting the muscles or whatever. I'm like, Tucker, are you trying to tell us something? Because it seems like you're kind of horny for these guys. I'm just saying. And so I since and then a lot of people in the comp when I videos were like, oh my gosh, what kind of weird Wattpad situation is this? And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm bored. I will write a Wattpad. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so yeah, that's how that came about. And I, I'm a beacon of sin. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Right. Oh, and the worst part was, I'm sorry, I just, one more thing I saw it on, so I, I uploaded uh, one of the, the same excerpt of me reading a section on Twitter uh, yesterday, last night, and then, you know, you can see who liked your stuff on Twitter, and one of the people who goes to my church liked it, and I was like, I forgot that people who know me in real life follow me on right. Twitter, so, oops, sorry about that. <laughs> That's great. Oh, I love that. Thank you for yeah. uh, explaining that. Thank yeah. you for doing that. It's very yes. entertaining. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, we just need something, you know? I'm tired of yelling at people. I just, we just need a crack fix so we can all sit and just appreciate this horrible vision of Don Lemon and Tucker Carlson being romantically involved. <laughs> Absolutely. We need some laughter and levity to it. That's amazing. So we'll move on to our lightning round, which is just uh, we have six questions and it's basically whatever the first thing that comes to mind is. And uh, they're all TikTok related. So the first question is, what's your favorite TikTok trend? Uh, the bus it challenge currently. That's pretty fun. A lot of people are really killing that. <laughs> yeah. fun. Um, what's your least favorite TikTok song or trend? Um, I really hate that uh, twerk for me song. Cause I really like Stand By Me. Like I like that old, I love that old like Motown sound. Mm-hmm. And so every time I just twerk, twerk for me, I'm just like, shut it down. Like, cause I mean, when I think about like Motown, like it's, it very much reminds me of my dad cause he likes that kind of music and we really bond over that. And so I'm like, I want to sing these songs with my dad and I do not want to sit with my dad and hear somebody going twerk for me. What's your favorite TikTok comment you've received? Hmm. Good question. 
somebody, oh, I, yes, somebody the other day uh, commented, uh, bless the wood carvers who carved the dress, bless the carpenters who made the bed frame on which you were conceived. And I was just like, that is uh, something. That's very uh, poetic. <laughs> A little weird, but poetic. Oh. <laughs> poetic TikTok. We'll have to yeah. do that side <laughs> What's your number one piece of advice for other TikTokers? It's okay to walk away. Like, you don't have to respond to every comment, and you don't have to, like, not everyone's going to like you, and not everyone's going to get you, and some people are going to be determined to misunderstand you, and at a certain point, you just have to be like, eee, black. Don't ever feel bad for, like, cultivating your own space. Like, people will try to make you feel like, oh, you blunt people you don't agree with. I mean, like, so what if I do? This is my space. I'm not obligated to give you a platform and audience. Like, I'm not obligated to listen to you. Like, there's plenty of other places I live where I'm going to have to listen to people I don't agree with, but TikTok does not have to be one of them. So, yeah, just remember it's your space. You can cultivate how you want. I love that answer. If you had to be in a hype house, who would you want in your hype house? Uh, pretty much all of my mutuals. Like I would want, you know, like a lot of the um, the media TikTokers, like uh, uh, Human Espresso, um, Deja Talks TV. A lot of the people that I follow that are that I've developed like actual relationships with, like we text and talk and stuff like that. I would like uh, those people um, to be in it for sure. <laughs> Oh, we wanted to ask you this because I know you got your background in music and everything too. What are your thoughts on the new like driver's license song that's blowing up on TikTok? So like, I, I gotta be honest, I don't get it. Like somebody asked, like, have you heard driver's license yet? I'm like, what are they talking? I was like, what are the, what newfangled shenanigans are the kids talking about these days? Because again, too old for TikTok. So I was like, what? I didn't know if they were talking about a literal driver's license. I didn't know if it was some kind of meme. I didn't know what was happening. And so I went, I don't really think I finished the song. Like I should go back and listen to the whole thing. I listened to the first few seconds, you know, for 30 seconds of it or so. And I was just like, I mean, okay, it's just a sad girl hour song written by a teenager. Like, I, I wasn't that moved by it. I mean, I, I think I'm in a much different place than a lot of the people who really love it are. Like, a lot of these people are like 16, 17 years old. And oh my gosh, this is the deepest song I've ever heard. And it's like, no shade because I was 17 once too, but I'm 28 and I just don't care. <laughs> Um, who are some other, you mentioned uh, two creators you really liked. Do you have any other creators that we should uh, we should look out for? Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, every time somebody said, because I don't know if you guys have this problem, but every time I um, somebody says, like, oh, what are your favorite TikTok creators? I know exactly who I'm thinking of, but I can't think of their usernames. You know, like, anytime I'm like, oh, I know. Time. It's because a lot of people have these. Yeah. this question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And every time somebody has like these weird usernames, and I'm like, I know exactly who made that video, but I can't think of what their name is to find them. <laughs> like, so and then it's hard uh, to find them because it's hard to search yes, on TikTok. Yeah, exactly. Um, so who are the people I'm friends with? I wish that you they had a separate list for just like people that you're mutuals with. Jordan Simon is one. Uh, her username is J O R D X N dot Simone. Sorry, not Simon. Um, and uh, she makes a lot of sort of uh, commentary, feminist, womanist, pro-black videos, uh, which are really useful. 
Danielle Kirk 731 is another one. She does uh, videos that she's white and she does and she lives in Appalachia and she does a lot of videos about the rural oh, folk yeah. of Appalachia. Yeah, which I think I was, is great. Yeah. yeah, because I love I love meeting Appalachian leftist or because it's just like, yes, we can totally like the the history and the elites have always tried to to pit us against each other. Like, oh, rural white people and rural black people should be fighting all the time. But it's like if we banded together, we could destroy this system. Like that's literally, yeah. literally basically how racism started in, in America because like the English yeah. colonies, like back in the 1600s, there was a rebellion where poor white farmers and poor black farmers joined together and uh, overthrew the masters. And they were like, whoa, we don't want that to happen again. So they started making them hate each other. And that's where we are today. <laughs> I love that. I was thinking of her when you mentioned the Native American culture. I her videos, thought, I'm glad we got back to her because I was thinking about how that's also a piece of the world that I wouldn't have otherwise had access to that she gives us. Oh yes, and speaking of um, <clears throat> speaking of uh, people who uh, Native American, there's uh, Diamond Dog, uh, seventy four, I think her name is, uh, who's a Native American historian. She's great, and um, also uh, Geronimo Louie um, is another Native American creator who I just really enjoy. So yeah, like there are definitely a lot of um, people that I think are great on here um, and that just create a lot of really useful, helpful content. Uh, Feminist Fatale is another one. She's a Jewish creator. Yeah, there's a lot out there. Oh, and uh, Marvelous, M-A-V-R-L-O-U-S. Um, uh, Marcy Young, she is, uh, she creates a lot of really intriguing uh, videos where they have a conversation with themselves basically and um like kind of talk out certain things and it's just it's a really fascinating kind of uh way to approach it that i think is uh useful <laughs> yeah i love when people take like sort of like tiktok tropes and put in like very educational interesting content oh yeah it's super useful because it's just like you know again they they, they they're doing the trope which is useful but then also they're they're just it's good to um to have a connection to something a little deeper. Yeah. All right. We'll end with, why don't you let our listeners know what you're working on, where we can find you, all your hashtags or what is it? Handles. Yeah. Handles. <laughs> all that good stuff. Okay. Um, well, <clears throat> you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the, at the real Rin star. Is that your ambulance or mine? Oh, I think that's so, mine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Because I thought I... Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, at, uh, ADHD hours. Anyway, um, uh, at the real Rinstar um, is my handle on both Instagram and uh, Twitter because Rinstar was already taken for some reason. And um, I, by like randoms that don't even post, like one of them hasn't posted since like 2015. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> but I should be able to just handle that name. But anyway, um, so that's me on Instagram and Twitter. Also, like I said, the podcast uh, with I do with my friend um, called Hot Tea Hot Takes. And um, we talk about music on that. Music and, you know, culture issues, but it's mostly centered around music. And I have a YouTube channel, Wordy Talk. Or sorry, yeah, I think it's yeah, it's wordy talk on on YouTube. I haven't done much with it yet, but I'm hoping to do some more in the future. And what else? I have a Facebook. Don't do a lot. It's like a business Facebook. Aaron M Chambers. Um, but yeah, the big ones are like you could definitely obviously find me on TikTok, and then I post a fair amount on Instagram and um, Twitter. I'm always tweeting. So like, so between those three, that's where I'm usually going to be as far as social media is concerned. 
All right. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for your time. And like we said, you know, you were part of our first episode. The reason we started doing this podcast is so we could talk to creators like you. So thank you for creating your content. Thank you for being on this podcast. We really, really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the conversation. (laughs) Thank you for humoring my story. (laughs) My crack fix story. (laughs) More crack fix stories. More crack fix. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's been it's been great to talk to you. Thank you so much, Rin. Thank you.